Palmer Alexander for the Inner Zone Network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294. 314-343-0294 and a thank you for your business. City to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to Be In The Zone Network. This is it. Hey y'all, this is Naomi Gray, sports reporter and anchor out of Minnesota and you are listening to The Price Check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. The show is brought to you by the In The Zone Network, going city to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to In The Zone, baby. So, I'm starting today's episode a little conflicted. I'm a little conflicted today, obviously. I, I, the, I am too. The, the reason I'm conflicted, listeners, y'all know. What what do we love? What do we love above all? It's securing the bag. And we have somebody today that has secured a bag, but he's secured a bag in a way that I have some questions about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the person that we're talking about is Steve Nash. Great point guard. Is he already in the Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame? Future Hall of Fame. Future Hall of Famer. Steve Nash is now the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. What I think was the best job available. Guaranteed. I think that was the best coaching job available, and he walked right into it. True. But there's a problem for that. There's a problem with that. Yes. First problem with that, when I say walked into, like literally we nobody knew that he was a – Nobody knew that he was a candidate for this job. Nobody. Played it close to the vest. They, so they say. So they say. <laughs> Played it close to the vest. You know, we didn't let this leak out. You know, nobody knew this was happening. I, <sighs> <laughs> you feeling it too, I, man. I, I'm, I'm really, it's really, it's really bothering me because for those, like, a lot of people don't know this, but Steve Nash was a player development consultant with the Golden State Warriors while Kevin Durant was on the team. He and KD built, you know, a relationship. You know, they worked out a lot together, things like that. He's had, you know, a relationship of sorts with Kyrie Irving. It all makes sense. But oh, this is – this is. Forgive me. He yeah, is a Hall of Famer. It, currently in the Hall of Fame. Thank you. So, Steve Nash, let me put some respect on your name. Let me put it, that. Hall of Famer. That respect. Yeah, Hall of Fame basketball player Steve Nash. We haven't seen him as a coach yet. But – do I think this can work potentially? Maybe it is a Steve Kerr situation where he comes, you know, 
into this not having any experience as an assistant or anything like that and just hits the ground running, boom, they off. But he literally just walked into the job. Side note, problem number two, not only did he walk into the job, he walked into the job ahead of Jock Vaughn, who interim head coach, had them playing very well in the bubble, and now you basically demoted him to lead assistant for Steve Nash, who has no coaching experience. That's – y'all didn't think about this ahead of time? Y'all didn't, yeah. <laughs> oh, they did. Oh, I believe they did. I believe they really did think about this ahead of time. The thing was, Jacques Vaughn didn't know it. You know what I mean? And uh, he's also was a lead assistant when he was in San Antonio. So, basically, they're trying to portray this as you back at your original position anyway. But the problem I have with this is – there are several black head coaches. Yes. Excuse me, assistant coaches. Yes. That are available. And you're going to sit here and tell me that they are not better than Steve Nash. And you're going to sit here and tell me that this because KD got some say so is the reason why Steve Nash, and it has nothing to do with privilege. When y'all been sitting here preaching, preaching, Preaching Black Lives Matter. And it's, it happens again. It happens again. Like I'm 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 really what we had spoke about a couple weeks back with Chicago. Yeah. Kenny Atkinson's gonna mess around and get that job. Probably. Yep. Probably. I'll be shocked if they go unsailed. Uh What's my man from uh, Adoka yep. from San Antonio? Yeah. If they go anywhere outside of that. So, I guess I'm also thinking now, too. So, like, for instance, like Ty Lue, right? Everybody's put Ty Lue in, you know, the hat for a lot of these different coaching jobs. Personally, though, especially given that he's an assistant with the Clippers who, you know, we could be looking up in a few weeks and they're the NBA champion. Could be. Do do you leave the Clippers to go coach, let's say, you know, the Pelicans, for instance? I don't know about that. I think you would because it's the challenge. You have to remember a lot of these assistants want head coaching jobs. They want to be the front guy at, you know, the top guy, the top step, you know. Uh, granted, when Lou got involved with Cleveland – you know, they pushed David Blatt at the door, got him to the finals. You know what I'm saying? Pushed him out the door. Yeah. And they was actually doing well. Right. And they fired him because of differences. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, air, air quotes. Air quotes. What, what that translates into is Brian wanted that man out of there. <laughs> and we're going to bring in the coach that he wants to play for. But I guess my, my thought is, one, why leave – a championship contender, even if you are just an assistant, to go coach a team that is going – let's be honest. Pelican's not going to be able to compete with the Clippers next year. No, they won't. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of teams that are going to be just as good, if not better, next year that the, the Pelicans – and I'm using this as an example, but we can also throw, you know, the Bulls. We can throw, Hell, we can throw the 76ers into this. Yep. It's a lot of teams that are going to be better – than they are now that you have to leap over. 
why, especially why leave LA to go do that? Well, you elite, like I said, you want to be at the top. You don't, you don't want to be second in command. You want to be first in command. Now, you do, but th- we're also talking about somebody who has been a head coach before. So it's not like it's not like a you know a Udoka, for instance, mm-hmm. where he's looking for his first head coaching job. Ty Lue got a ring as a head coach. He don't really have to prove anything at this point. So let me stay where the situation suits me best as opposed to just taking a job because they feel like I'm the guy right now. Because we, we know this thing is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Hell, what was it, just you know four or five years ago, Alvin Gentry was going to be the, the man to get the Pelicans over the hump. And look at us now. Right. They in the same spot, if not – I mean, I guess they're a little bit better off because they got draft picks coming to them, but who cares? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know <laughs> – All of it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all a bunch of bull. You should not have said that. His name has just been spoken, so there must be words to be broken. Yeah, it's all and, a bunch of bull. And we ain't talking about Chicago. Yeah. It's <laughs> no Chicago when we when we talk about this this bull. So, um, for those of y'all just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast. Of course, we're talking about Steve Nash becoming the, the Brooklyn Nets new head coach. Now, even even throughout my feelings in terms of, you know, giving more of a uh, of an aisle giving more of a look to black head coaches. Wish Steve Nash all the best. Yes. Wish Steve Nash all the best. At the same time, just give us a fair shake. Because I don't I really don't think Jock Vaughn had a fair shake. No, he didn't. I don't think so either. Like I took your team to the playoffs, given what was given to me. You know, we was already considered an underdog excuse me, an underdog anyway from the get go. You know, to even make the playoffs. There's a possibility we're going to make it. But we did. And then we pushed the champs. Well, not really. We pushed Portland. Because <laughs> they pushed nobody in it. I mean, it was hard. You know what yeah, I'm saying? They, it was hard they played, for them. They played hard. They played good basketball. They, I mean, but they literally had the majority of their roster was, like, in the G League before yeah. the bubble started. So, yeah. well, I, you true. did what you could with what you had in front of you. Exactly. But – I guess in their eyes, the relationship aspect between your head coach and your best players is what it comes down to. And maybe, maybe they see, maybe they see Steve Nash having, you know, again that Steve Kerr type of outlook or you know mentality in terms of being able to, you know, maybe incorporate a different type of system and how they play and all. Yeah. That. Maybe that's how they see it. I don't look. I'm I, skeptical. I feel bad for Mark Jackson. Real talk. So, do we know that Mark Jackson wants to even try to coach again? Because I could also understand from his perspective after everything went down the way that it went down and go to state, why he would just be done with it. Yeah. Well, I think he really wants, you know, I, that itch could come back for him. You oh, know yeah, what I mean? For sure. And, but maybe, like you said, it may be it's more cushy to be a broadcaster and be a color commentator. You know, and, and stay away from it. But I think he deserves another shot before 
you know, he just sits back and be like, you know, I'm just completely done with it. Right. That's just in my eyes. His eyes is is the last word anyway. Right. You know, at this case. But it's like he's really and many people that I've spoken with feel the same. He's being blackballed. I really hope he's not. Me either. I re- uh, me, I, as I said it, I really hope that it's him just choosing, hey, I'm, I'm going to fall back. I'd rather do this ESPN, ABC thing and, and leave the coaching to somebody else who wants to be more politically correct or fall in line with, you know. Yeah, you hit that nail on the head, too. <laughs> you said the word politically correct. Yeah. That's basically what that's been based around. Yeah. So and, uh, Yeah, and that's a shame, but – and, man, and this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it at that. He wasn't a yes man. No. Was not a yes man. That's where majority of this came from. Exactly. Exactly. So, looking at the rest of the head coaching vacancies right now, we said that Brooklyn was the best available job. What is the next? Like The Sixers gig. I don't know. I think I would – I the Sixers job is appealing depending on what Elton Brand can tell me. Like if I'm the head coaching candidate, like hypothetically, I'm walking into my interview for the job wanting to know, okay, what's the plan with the roster? Yes. Because as new head coach, if all you're doing is being a new set of eyes to try to make Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and Tobias Harris work. It's not really you're not really getting done any favors. You're just you gonna be the next man to be on the chopping block. Like you're just trying to use pieces that don't fit together in a different way. That's gonna end up still not fitting together. I don't think the job is going to come from the inside. Somebody from the outside. That's my prediction. Is gonna get that job. So I heard a few rumors that yes. Some teams, including the 76ers, um, I guess the Nets were one of these teams, but they just filled their head coaching job, uh, potentially trying to get Greg Popovich to leave San Antonio. That ain't happening. I don't think it's happening. If it were to happen, though, I think Philly would be a place that he chooses to go. Hmm. Only because as great as we think Greg Popovich is as a head coach, and everything that he's done for the Spurs the last 20-plus years, when we talk about the greatest coaches of all time or, you know, greatest leaders, that type of thing, we still take a little bit longer to get to Greg than what we probably should. Here's the thing about that. People behind us have spoken so highly of Red Auerbach. Red Auerbach was one team and one team only. In a modern-day world, in my eyes, Greg Popovich fits that same mold because Red was also front office. Right. Red had Red a hand in decisions, yeah. was front office and head coach, and they got the five titles. Granted, Red had 9, 11. I know as a, uh, a member of the Celtics, he was part of 16 championships. Right. You know, so that's me. Front office, that means coaching, you know, wherever. Right. You know, he's part of that. And so – we and the reason why we look past that with Greg is because it's like, oh, he's with the Spurs, they had a system and all that kind of stuff. So they read, yeah, give him the same respect. The reason why we say Phil is so great because look at the stops he had to do to do it, 
He got 11 titles with two different teams. Red had one. Same thing with Greg. Yeah. One team. And he's like, he transformed a whole different squad. You know, Spurs were playoff bound a majority of his coaching career. Right. So that is, I don't see why he would go against him. Plus, as a potential rumor that he's grooming somebody to take over for him. Yeah. So, on that note, that's also part of this. Like, if he were to leave, I think it's like, hey, I'm stepping down from the job to, you know, one even. Let's say let's say he wants to take a year off or something, however he wants to do it. Whether it's immediately start going into trying to be a coach with somebody else, maybe moving into a front office role with the Spurs, whatever it is, I think the intention is – Regardless of how I do it and when I do it, Becky Hammond is going to be the person that gets the keys to the car from there. Exactly. And I think you're going back to the front office where he started at from the get-go. Because remember, he fired Bob Hill back in 94. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a lot of in the zone show references today, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it has been a bunch of damn bull. You should not have said that. This thing has just been spoken, so there must be words to be broken. The next job after that, it has to be the Indiana job. Because a lot of people are still up in arms and questioning, why did y'all fire Nate McMillan? Yeah. What was the problem there? There's got to be some disconnect, I feel like, between the front office in Indiana knowing what they want to achieve and what's realistic for them. Right. You didn't have Sabonis. You didn't have Sabonis in the bubble. You didn't right. have Oladipo majority of the actual season. Right. You got swept in the first round the past two years in the playoffs, but them the breaks sometimes. Like, what What were – like, you weren't the number one seed in the East getting swept. Like, you guys were a, a four or five seed. Y'all were middle of the pack. That's the roster y'all put together. Nate did what he was, was supposed to Alvin do. Alvin Gentry got more time than Nate McMillan. <laughs> Think about that. Alvin Gentry out here taking man. L's. Nate McMillan got y'all in the playoffs. And y'all, that's not enough? Don't let me mess around and hear that you win. Now, I did say, I did preach about it, but Alvin Gentry ain't the answer. He's not. To Indiana's problems. He's not. I know we speak Black Lives Matter out here and whatnot. Yeah. But I'm saying that he is not the answer. He's going back to the Warriors. He He's going to be an assi- a fine assistant for, for somebody whoever he goes to next. And, and you know, the, the black culture thing is really just, obviously we're using an Alvin Gentry or Nate McMillan as example names, you know, even though they might not be the best candidates, but still, you know, using those as, as coaches that are out there, um, you know, just to, to really put some type of emphasis on it. But I think – I still think that you have a great opportunity if you go coach the Pelicans. They're not going to be a free agent destination. We know that. But if you got 
Zion Williamson, you're probably going to re-sign Brandon Ingram. You could turn Drew Holiday into whether you keep him or you trade him, you're going to have some type of value out of what he brings or what he brings you back in a trade situation. You, I don't know how they feel about Lonzo at this point. That's somebody they might also look to, to move. Shop around. Shop around. Somebody will take a chance on Lonzo. But the thing is, I believe that New Orleans, whoever becomes the New Orleans co- coach, is going to have a shorter window than Alvin Gentry did. I don't is, think so. If you don't fix this within the next two to three years, you're gone. That's what I believe. But so the I guess the reason I say I don't think so is because I don't think – like, I, I think it's realistic to be able to say, okay, the Pelicans could be a seven or eight seed next year. It's not out of the – and that's with, like, minimal to no roster changes, too. Like, they could be in the mix. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Wes Until Jr. is getting that job. I would love it. Love it. Get some, look, y'all know y'all need somebody black in New Orleans anyway. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Those of y'all just joined us. It's the Price Check Podcast, man, on the In The Zone Network. Now, we talked about coaching vacancies and, you know, the whole Steve Nash thing. Getting back into the actual basketball going on. We finally got to the second round, man. It, I felt like it took us a while, a while to get, you know, out of the first round. But I, I'm guessing just because of OKC and Houston going seven games, Denver and Utah going seven games, that made the first round feel a lot longer than what it was. Well, also the the protest did it too. That's true. That's and true. We did take a, a couple of days off. Right. So that also played into it. But even with that said, even if, if that didn't happen, it still would have felt long. You yeah. know what I mean? But here's the thing. We were at the time getting game after game after game after game each day, yeah. not having to wait for basketball. You know, prime time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, you know, usually we have to wait a day. I'm like, God, because of travel and whatnot. Right. There's no travel. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you literally just getting, hey, back to back. Come on. Yeah. And you hey, got three that, venues to do it in. Right. So that makes it, I think, two now. But even with that said, that made it easier. Right. You know, now we got the game fours uh, <laughs> and then game twos yeah. and the rest and whatnot because we was waiting. So, got to keep it pushing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, keep like, turning them out. Right. Every day. But, see, now it kind of threw it off a bit because, you know, now we get in the days where, you know, we don't have basketball. Or, like you said, you know, we got to wait until, you know, all right, one game started at 630, the next one's at 9 type of thing, you know. We getting we not getting the basketball at lunchtime like we was getting a couple Man, weeks loving ago. Loving it, loving it, loving Man. it. So, um, of course, second round is set. Biggest surprise of it all right now is Miami. I get, oh no so, question. Surprise in the sense that they're up three zero, not that they're playing well. Let, let's get that straight because yeah. we we talked about Miami a, a lot on this show throughout the entire season, but man, they look good. The best. They look good, bro. The best kept secret right now in the NBA, you know. I, so, I, you know, they're seven to zero in the playoffs. Yeah. They haven't they haven't lost a playoff game. <laughs> it is it's amazing. It's an amazing run, and I don't know if you saw Jimmy Butler. He was mouthing off something. Oh yes, my man said. I told you. He said he told us. He told us. Nobody effing with this team, man. Nobody. And he he wholeheartedly means that. 
Yes. <laughs> he said he said in an interview before the playoffs started, I think right before the last bubble game, that we're winning the, the title. And he fully meant it. And right now he is feeling himself. Oh, you know you what know, I'm saying? He, and I'm going to take a statement that me and my man Palmer Alexander, a.k.a. of the End of Zone show, stated. He said, man, Jimmy Butler plays bully ball. Yes. Street ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like we playing a 21. I hate playing you, man. Don't call no fouls because you're not getting the ball. I'm sorry. Not I sorry. hate playing him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, man, I play 21. No, uh, dog, I'm not playing with right. you. So you can beat me up for, <laughs> for 20 minutes? I'm good. No. Because, I mean – he has, in this case, learned what James Harden has. And you know what I mean by that? Is in, he may not shoot the ball well, but he getting to the line. Yeah. Oh, he's getting to the line, brother. Yeah. No matter what. Like, when you're averaging 15 free throws a game. <laughs> that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's one person, too. That's and that. then he outscored in game three. He outscored the entire Bucks squad. You know, <laughs> I've been I've been watching this series. So one one thing I have to mention with the Bucks, I think everything ain't Giannis' fault. I'm gonna say that. So everything is not Giannis's fault, but but I have a I have a big problem with Giannis saying. I think it was after Game One where it's like you know Jimmy Butler going off. You're the Defensive Player of the Year. That's true. And you said. They asked him, okay, so did you ask Coach Bud to, like, put you on Jimmy? He's like, no, why would I do that? Why would you do that? See, when you say stupid stuff like that, then it makes me question you. You're the defensive player of the year. That's that's what we watched a few months ago in the last dance. Gary Payton said verbatim, George Carl, fuck what you talking about. I'm, I'm guarding Mike. I'm guarding Mike. That's what you're supposed to do when you're the defensive player of the year, and he chose not to. And I think – I think that mentality is part of what has them down 3-0. Yes. Now, we can get into, you know, whether it's more on Giannis or the supporting cast. Giannis's numbers still look pretty good in this series, but I've watched too many times in the course of these three games where he does not look like he wants to take the game over. We saw it a little bit in game three when they took – I think they had a run where they went up like, you know, maybe like 10 or 11 points – and he had, like, I think eight points in a quarter or something like that. Fine. Sound but like somebody that. I know over in L.A. We need that for the entire game. <laughs> we need it for the entire game, fam. Somebody I know that's over in purple and gold. Hey, that's like that. We'll get to him in a second. <laughs> Trust me. Trust, exactly. We'll, we'll get my, to him in a second. And we scrutinize him. But it's like, so I was asked, do we give Giannis a pass? And I'm like, I was like, if he don't play in game four, then nah, he ain't getting no pass. Well, oh, if he does not play in – here's a – the same ankle injury that has him questionable for the game, I'm pretty sure Lucas was worse, and he went out and put a team on his back in game four. Yes. If Giannis don't play tonight, don't – he better not win MVP. He's, he's going to win MVP. Hey, he win MVP. I will – I'm flying out to the bubble, and I'm taking the trophy back. Hey, I'm taking the trophy back. I hate to break it to y'all. And, and and them too. And it was like he's well, he's a fake MVP. You gotta remember, it goes by a regular season. And it's again, it's a regular season award. I wholeheartedly I get it. But I'd stand up for this 
we've seen too many times now where the MVP of the league in the regular season does not bring it when playoff time comes. Question. If Giannis is not playing in the bubble, do the Bucks make the playoffs? No, they would have been fine anyway. Yeah, considering where they was at. They'd have been but fine. if if Giannis didn't play this season, you think they still could make the playoffs? Yes. You think so? Coach Bud won sixty games with Jeff T, Kyle Corver, and Paul Millsap. He could have got them to the playoffs. <laughs> he could have. He could have got them to the playoffs. He, he won. Si- he got. He won sixty games in Atlanta. His best player was Paul Millsap and Al Horford. He could have got them to the playoffs. Would they have been the one seed? Maybe not. And Tybo Cephalosha. <laughs> yeah, Tybo But see, since you brought that up, the defense hasn't been the same when you got to Milwaukee. Now, you've been preaching that, but it hasn't been shown because you've been basing all your defense around Giannis. Think about it. Brooke don't play defense. Chris Middleton sometimes. Eric Bussell ain't even been out there. George Hill, you know, he could be iffy. You know what I mean? He had no consistency. You know, defense was preached in Atlanta. Maybe I'm looking at it differently. I mean, he, they play. They, they past still play. No, no. <laughs> Just can't get past Boston. No. I, <laughs> look, I remember that series, man, too. I was mad the entire series. So I'm like, why are y'all playing around with these cats? See, it, but now I'm the way I'm looking at it. We hold we hold a lot of players. That are supposed to be the all supposed to be superstars. We hold them to different standards. Yep, Giannis gonna be knocked down a few slots. The the Lakers go down one zero, and people are saying LeBron the needs to over. do more, or the series is over. The yeah. Lakers don't look like they're supposed to look. Milwaukee is down three zero, and we're asking, should Giannis get a pass? Hell no. <laughs> what? Like you, been- especially. If he does not play in game four, okay. there's no way you're the MVP of the league, defensive player of the year. There's only been two other people that have done that in the same year. Okay. And they are all-time greats. You're not, you can't consider yourself in that conversation if you're going to let a, an ankle sprain mm-hmm. hold you out of game four when your team down 3-0. Josh, who's the best player in the world? Right now. In the world, right now. <laughs> you know it. You might as well say it. You might as well say it, dude. Just go ahead and say it. I'm, again, I'm conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. Take out, take out the bias. Take out the try. If you can, if you can, take out. But the so bias. here's the thing: the LeBron thing isn't a bias for me because I don't consider myself. I'm okay. I'm a LeBron fan in the sense that he plays for my favorite team. Right. I am not a LeBron fan in the sense that I've been following him from team to team and wherever LeBron goes, I go. Okay. That's that's a different type of thing. But so taking taking that into consideration, I don't in a sense I don't have a horse in the race when it comes to that. Same way I say with the whole Michael Jordan versus LeBron debate. Which is there is none. It, yeah. It, it's Kobe. To me, like that's the answer. So that, <laughs> like that's that's what it comes down to, right? Yes. So in this sense, I right now, who's the best player in the world? I still, you still got to put some respect on LeBron name, man. Exactly, right? You still got to put some respect on LeBron name. You know why? Well, I mentioned it, right? I yeah. mentioned that for this reason. The reason why I say that LeBron is the best player in the world and why he gets so scrutinized so much because that's what they placed him. Giannis ain't there. 
That's why he's not look, gonna guess, get yeah. scrutinized like I, that. Granted, he should be scrutinized. No question. Right. There is not a single doubt in my mind that he should be scrutinized right now. But everybody, you're not gonna sit here. You talk about LeBron and Giannis. Who you choosing? Are you really choosing Giannis? No. Absolutely not. No. Exactly. That's why LeBron will continuously get scrutinized. And plus, he's one of the most polarizing athletes that we've ever seen. Okay? So that's why that's always been a love-hate. Giannis, however, don't even have – he, he don't have a morsel of what LeBron James can do. None. So I asked a friend of mine this question the other day, and I'm interested to hear your take on it. Okay. If Giannis loses this series, whether they get swept, they lose in six, whatever. Whatever happens, they lose the series against the Heat. Yeah. And we know he's going into the last year of his contract next year. Or he has a – I guess he's eligible for the Supermax extension this offseason. Okay. If he does not sign that, he ends up, let's say, next year leaving and goes to the Heat. Do we have to talk about that the same way people talked about Kevin Durant going to the Warriors? Because I think the answer to that is yes. If the Heat win the title? He win the title or not? Because if you think about it, people talk about Warriors being seventy three and nine. They still lost in the finals before KD went there. True. Let's say the Heat they beat the Bucks, they sweep them, they lose in seven to the Celtics next round. I, but go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I don't think that's gonna be <laughs> outcome, but go ahead. hypotheticals, right? Yep. And Giannis says, you know what? I'm I'm gonna take my talents to South Beach. Mm-hmm. I think we have to look at that the same way we looked at. A lot of people got on KD's head about you went and joined the seventy three nine team, the team that beat you in the playoffs. You gonna go join them? It's the same thing. I didn't. I didn't criticize Kevin Durant for going there. No, because guess what? He just went and got a better job. Exactly. It's a lot of people in America that go get better jobs every day of the week. And even though that he didn't even need to be the guy, he became the guy. That's, that's that was the point of him going to Golden State. That's also the other thing that I feel like people kind of lose in all of this like it's not like he went to Golden State and was just a role player he was still that guy because <laughs> if I'm correct did he win back to back no back to back uh, back to back finals MVPs yeah back to back because everybody was tripping off why Curry didn't get it why Clay Thompson didn't get it because Kevin, because Kevin Durant was the best player on the floor <laughs> during the finals <laughs> walk, look walking out there and just getting 30 a night and sitting there shooting on LeBron James from 40 feet out in Cleveland to let you know who I am. Twice. Exactly. Same spot. Different series. <laughs> Look. And close out games. Put some respect on his name. But, yeah, if Giannis, if they expect, yeah, I don't want to hear anything about the Giannis being best player of the worst if he don't play tonight. Because <laughs> he won't be. It, he wants it no, from the no, get-go. Yeah, no, we're not going to have that conversation. <laughs> like, but he will slip, though. Like, you know, y'all looking at him top three, he's going to slip some spots. Because you're going to start putting – You can't miss a you can't miss a playoff game because of an ankle sprain. Get it, you questionable. We, he's he's questionable. Luka was questionable, too. But you put the team on your back. Come on, man. Luka was questionable, too. True. Luka, a 21-year-old second-year player, and he went out there and put his team on his back to yep. win game four against the team that we think is, at worst, like the second or third best team in the league. Yep. Come on, man. Exactly. Your team is down 3-0. They, they, if they didn't need you at any other point – this season, they need you right now. Like, you better be out there warming up as is this moment, like doing light work, 
just to say, feel, oh, yeah, my, my ankle's feeling pretty good. I'm ready Man, to play. Look, they got, you know what I'm saying? I know these athletes got access to some of the best drugs in America in terms of, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like, pain and all that. T- Come on, bro. You're not I'm, – no, I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing the argument in his favor after that. No, because there, there is none. Like, he will get scrutinized, but he's not going to get the same flaming like LeBron. Come on, man. Like, you got to understand, LeBron been that from day one. When he walked into the league playing against the Sacramento Kings, he was that way from day one. All eyes was on him. The same ain't that way for Giannis at all. He, At all. We, at some point. What, like, so, the man is about to be MVP of the league for the second straight year. Correct. At some point, we got to start holding him to that level. If we, at some point, yep. Next season it will be the time, whether he's, whether he's playing in Milwaukee or not, he's going to be held. But this ain't going to be the year. I guess you can sit there and scrutinize, scrutinize him all you want. He's not going to get the same level like LeBron is, especially now. Even though LeBron is, you know, seventeen years, thirty-five years old right now, he don't win a title with the Lakers. You think they're going to be talking about Giannis? No, absolutely not. No. My point made. Speaking of the Lakers. Yes. PSA, Anthony Davis, I need you to dominate. <laughs> I need you to dominate. Well, look, ain't no punchline, ain't no ain't no additional message. We just need you to dominate. Simple and plain. We all, we're down 1-0. You're asking for too much. <laughs> down 1-0. And I'm not putting it all on him by any means because, that look, him and LeBron, there's a lot being asked of them. In terms of like what else is around them, especially for a dude that act like AI when you're on the court. I just need I just need Anthony Davis to dominate. That's you, you need like the Portland series. What was that? Was that game two? It was, it was game two. So game yeah. two. So you we need game same two. situation. Same situation. Because I think there is a pretty good chance that this series could play out just like the Portland series did, where game one you get kicked in your mouth. Yep. And you say, okay, we know what we need to do. Now let's go execute. And then from game two on, you do that. But what you cannot do with Houston that you had a little bit of wiggle room to do with a team like Portland is start off in that, like, feeling out type of mode. Portland didn't play a lick of defense. (laughs) Right. Houston, as much as we kind of talk about the small ball, they know how to play that style. They built for it. Yeah, and surprisingly enough, they held the Lakers to under 100 points. That's my point. You shouldn't. You got Anthony Davis on the floor being guarded by P.J. Tucker. Y'all should be able to score over 100. And you sitting there, and P.J. ain't nothing but what, 6'5"? Six, 6'5". Five? Six, five. You 6'10". And you out here pump faking and taking pull-up jump shots? 7'6 with your wingspan, bro. Come on, man. Are you serious? Like, you got a whole foot over this dude. Like, on, you put AJ. your hands up, you got a whole foot over him. I just I need more. That's all. I'm I'm leaving at that. Okay. I, I need more from Anthony Day. <laughs> if you're listening, it, it, this gets to you somehow. Anthony but Day, in the same retrospect, the Rockets, you know, can, can always sink their own ship. Well, again, in comparing this to the Blazers series, right? Yeah. You got like I, I refer to this sometimes as blowing your load too quickly. Yes. Portland blew their load too quick. They came out game one hot. 
let's not forget, Dane was out here, you know, going dumb to the two short playing in the background, and then he danced his way home four games later. They and, talking about I ain't playing in game five. And so, the Houston, like Houston, they shot the lights out. They got a great game from, you know, Harden from Russ. There's going to be a game where Russ goes out here and gets you like seven, eight turnovers. Yep. You're going to have the, the four for 17 James Harden game at some point. Yep. And you're probably also going to have a game where James Harden goes for 40, but y'all still lose by like five because nobody else can hit a shot. Not to mention. Which Houston team is going to show up. Yeah, you're you going to have them games like that. Not to mention you're also, in essence, going against two guys that you don't really have an answer for in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Because we saw clearly they don't have anybody that can really guard LeBron. And they really, like Anthony Davis was really like, Grinding my gears because I I just stuck with this image in his head. I think it was like the <laughs> second or third quarter. PJ Tucker is on him, and he gets the ball at the three point line. He does not make any attempt to go try to get on the block and post PJ up. He just he does a couple fakes, takes a jump shot, and misses. That ain't his game. But remember, Anthony Davis has the the likings of a guard. He does, but he's also shown us that he can be a dominant big man in this league. And in a series like this, you got to do it. They're, Houston should not be able to look at a box score in which they don't give up 30 points to Anthony Davis. They, they shouldn't be. He should be literally in the post every time someone give me the ball. Just feed him. And Just Le- give LeBron is willing to do it. Just give me the ball. We saw, we saw a playoff game in which LeBron scored, what, 10 points? And one. And one. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Anthony Davis was down the block going crazy. We need that. Because otherwise, you could very well be looking up in six or seven games at home. I hear the bias coming out of you right now. <laughs> you can look up. You can look up. But you can look up at the end of the series and the Rockets could win just off the sense of Anthony Davis not doing what he's True. supposed to do, taking care of his. True. That's, that's no doubt. Speaking of which, I want to switch gears over to the East. We talked about the Heat and the, the Bucks. You see how them Raptors just keep is, – is pulling a – what they did to Milwaukee the year before? So, Boston had it made. They had it made. In the shade. They had it made. Ain't that what we said about uh, Milwaukee last year? All – so, Brad Stevens. I don't necessarily have a bone to pick with Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is one of the best, best coaches in the league. Why are you putting Taco Fall in the game? That's what, my bone what? to pick. So, point five seconds left. Yep. Taco ain't Taco ain't played in the bubble at all, has he? Very little. You putting this man out here in the fourth quarter of a game where you could go up three zero to guard the inbounds, and he's not he's not been in that situation yet. I ain't gonna even blame Taco. This no. The blame goes to those four men that didn't see my man. Oh, go to the corner. You, you really, you really, and I'm. You know who I'm blaming? Jalen Brown. That's who I'm blaming for that game for Game Three. I, I blame Brad Stevens. I'm not even going. You have to put your players in a better situation than that. Taco, Taco, seven foot five. I knew what the plan was. It tried to uh, alter the right. pass. Right. But the problem was, Kyle knew where the pass was going to go. So again. I think part of that, though, has to do with it. if you're a basketball player, you ain't played with somebody or you have a teammate that doesn't understand what's going on, that takes you out of 
the mode of, that you're supposed to be in because now you have to also make sure you're making up for his lack of ability or his lack of understanding of what's happening in that situation. Exactly. And so at, at this point here, I, I won't – I'm going to pull it up just for the sake of – I know they're going to have it. There it is, right there. Okay. Cut this Ta- down. Taco shouldn't have been out there. That's just what it's it very, it's very true, and at the same time, at that moment, even though that he was in the game, he was there to alter the pass. And the thing was, like I said, Kyle knew where that pass was going to go as long as OG did what exactly he was supposed to do at that very moment. It came up clutch. Got to get that to OG. We, you know, we talking about the mistakes that Boston made, but you, you take the shot, you got to make it, and he did it. Okay, currently right now, while we're in the studio, we're watching the, the play it happen, okay? As you're seeing it develop, I want you to see, find Jalen Brown in this picture, okay? You see Taco, yeah. right? You see Kyle, right? You see where Jalen Brown is, right? He's yep. in the paint. Why you ain't going to the back end? You, you can give up. You can give up that shot that Gasol was at because he ties the game. Right. Why you didn't go to the end where it could win it? Because then Gasol has to turn, turn make and fire. Shoot. Yeah. OG, all he had to do was Just take and fire. Yeah, catch, catch the ball and get it off. That's it. That's it. Easy. It was easy peasy. And it's a corner three. It's the shortest, you know, shortest three-pointer you got. Uh, he probably makes that in practice all the time. Jalen Brown did. I, all right, you see now, I'm pausing it there. You see where Gasol is? Yeah. If Jalen Brown moves, right, and you see it was at the last second. Right. You get to Gasol, Gasol has to turn and fire. And like you said, it only ties the game. It doesn't win the game. It don't win it. You the, the At worst, you go into an uh, you go into a overtime. Right. You lost the game. <laughs> so, and it changed the series. It really did because they don't. I again, speaking hypothetically here, but I don't think they win Game Four if they lose Game Three. Like they have momentum now. Yes, and it's building. And, and they shot horrible in Game Four and still won. I thought it was over. Toronto is, and again, I'm somebody that's been riding the Raptors from before the playoffs started to now and just talking about how we can't count them out being the defending champs. And they proving me right right now. <laughs> exactly. Proving me right right now. Like, and I picked and I picked against them once they went down to up. I got, said they was done. We got Heat Raptors coming up because I don't think at this point now it's gonna go seven. Ooh, but I what? think Toronto's gonna knock off Boston. They might make around know. with four straight. I don't know if I would I'm trying to think of what series I would be more excited for. Heat Raptors or Heat Celtics? Heat Raptors be fun. Yes, it would. Because you got to think about it. You're dealing with here, with Heat Raptors, you got Siakam. You got Ibaka that's emerging. You still got to go out for Fred Fleet. Kyle Lowry, even though a lot of times his shooting has been off, don't mean that's going to be the end-all, be-all for him either. He could be streaky, you know. And then Drogic is playing Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Or Butler is going to have to play Kyle Lowry to see, you know, if he locks him up. Now, with the Celtics, 
You know, it could create some matchup problems. So, I think it's a it's a the sexier Ra- matchup. The Raptor, the Raptors Heat thing is one of those styles make fights type of series. And Heat Celtics is sexy. Yeah, it's the names, it's the star power. I mean, I, we really wouldn't get a bad series either way. True. So I'm here. I'm really here for <laughs> just one the Heat beating the Bucks so that I can keep up my my Giannis talk. If my if Miami knows what's good for them, they put the put the nail on the coffin today. I don't see. I don't think. I don't think it's a question about. It. I think the series over. Yeah, that's what I no, think it's over. No, I'm I saying think I don't go ahead and finish it off and don't get. Well, a no, I'm to saying breathe. like I don't think Milwaukee's winning today. I don't. Okay. I don't think there's a chance yeah, that's happening. That's what. That's what I'm getting at. Put the nail in the coffin today. I think the Bucks are done, and I think we will get a hell of an Eastern Conference Finals with the Heat versus either one of the Raptors and Celtics. No question. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, lastly, before we go, Denver and the Clippers. I just need the Clippers to to be consistent. I just need them to find a way to be consistent. <laughs> you expecting a Doc Rivers team to be consistent? I'm asking for too much. I'm sorry. You, I'm asking for too much. I, can sorry. we go back to 2008? Hell, we can go back to before then. Exactly. <laughs> we can go back to Tracy Brady and the Magic. You, you want to you talk about consistency? I'm, I'm like, he had two much. series. Two series where they both went. I, if, if, my, if memory serves me correct, his first, when they went to the finals in 08, they had three series where they win seven games. Yes. And you knew they should have won it earlier than that. Right. But they didn't. And then they got to the finals and then put you all know what happened. Yeah, they put it together. It could have been seven games with that. It, but they had to remember they had to steal one in LA to do it. Don't, don't remind me. Sorry. Don't remind me. But you know. It's okay. <laughs> they had to steal one in LA to get it. But my point is a Doc Rivers team, you can't say anything with, uh, with consistency because it never is. I don't think this should be a series. There's like, yes, they had, and by they I mean Denver. The Nuggets have Jokic. They got Jamal Murray. They don't have a go-to like wing score. You have all of these bodies if you're the Clippers that you can put on Jamal Murray, and it's the X factor is Paul George. What you don't know what Paul George you getting. And it did. I guess it didn't help. Also in game two, that Kawhi couldn't. He couldn't make a shot to save his life. I think he had thirteen points. Expect that. Sometimes it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and like we said, like we said before the show, Jamal Murray put that man on skates. You know what I'm saying? He so put it's a lot going. Of people on skates. <laughs> <laughs> it happened, and and that's the thing. You're gonna get one of those games. Yeah. It might still go five. It might still go. It might go six. But I don't expect it to go seven. No. If it if it goes if it goes seven, we have a problem. On our hands because you have the Doc Rivers paradigm. There's no way this should go longer than five. It shouldn't. It yeah. should not. There's no way it should go longer than five. They really, if we're being honest, they were supposed to get Dallas out of here in five, but then that Luca was the man in game four. Yeah. So I just I need Doc Rivers <laughs> to find a way because you have you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Paul George, you have all of these pieces that fit so well together mm-hmm. yet y'all just like what have they done to deserve the ability to be able to say oh well we can turn it on and turn it off y'all ain't won nothing doc got rings Kawhi got rings but he got them like they got them separate of what y'all have constructed right now exactly and i'm i'm sorry i said doc has rings he has a ring right 
Just a ring. Yeah, just a ring in 2008. So yeah. Let me take the plural off of that. But still, he has a championship. That's yeah. the point. He's been to the finals multiple times. Yes. Kawhi Leonard, finals MVP for two different teams. They solid. They solidified. What has the rest of the team done? Lou Williams ain't never – has. name me one team Lou Williams sniffed. has – He's played on that's been a good team. He's always been the sixth man getting buckets for a team that's either bottom of the playoffs or out of the playoffs. Yeah. Boy, if, if Jamal Crawford was still playing, but he – you know, he already – of an age, bro. You know, he, you know, he could get a bucket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, he could use that right now. The but. problem I said for the Clippers even before the season started was that I don't think they have anybody that they feel super confident in that's just going to go get shots for other people. And I think that's something that comes up on their offense. Sometimes it's a lot of, like, iso ball. Yeah. You know, when I look at your Michael Green, man, it's – you know, you never know what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, he's going to have games like he had, you know, double-double, I think, the other night. But then you also going to have the games where he go, like, 0 for 6 from the <laughs> So, I, you I, you just, I, I think for the Clippers to be the team that everybody has talked about them being and even they've tried to talk themselves up to be, you, you got to get Denver out of here and you got to make quick work up. Yep. You, but you can't stop Jokic. Nobody can. No, nope. Nobody can't. Joker getting his shots. Joker is slower Dirk. You what slower, I, slower uh, than Dirk. Because yeah. you, do you see how he processes stuff and makes it? He, you get what I'm saying? Methodical, man. Methodical. But like I, I just don't. Even with that factor, like I would, if I'm the Clippers, Jokic could go score forty a night, and it shouldn't it shut everybody else down. Yeah, it it's the not. same way that it should have been with. When LeBron was in Cleveland and Miami, let LeBron do it. Shut everybody else down. Yeah, and there, there you have it. But ain't nobody thinking that way because you think it is impossible. It is not. They're supposed to be the on paper. They're supposed to be able to be the best defensive team in the league, and I have not seen anything close to that. Lock everybody up, but nobody thinks that way. Yeah. I, <laughs> Again, it's been a been a conflicted podcast for me. I, I've been, yeah. you know, I've been torn between a, a lot of these teams and players, coaching situations, all that, man. But <laughs> it's been a great time. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for out, out there for listening. Um, you know, Price Check Podcast. We try to do this thing as close to to once a week as possible. You know, try to. Um, we got game two coming tonight. Lakers and Rockets. How you gonna feel if the uh, Lakers go down on two? That's when I be feel like we're in trouble. Okay. I, I feel in trouble because we're not playing against the same type of team that we face with the Blazers. Okay. Totally different team. And I think to give the Rockets and James Harden, Russell Westbrook, like that type of confidence, that's not something that you want. In a, especially in a neutral court situation. Yeah. No. You, you don't want those problems. Definitely. Um, and then Miami, just go ahead and get Milwaukee out of here. <laughs> get get them out of here, man. Get the brooms out tonight. Yep. So, a lot of NBA basketball. Until next time, though, this has been the Price Check Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Price. Check it out. Palm Alexander for the End Zone Network. I want to tell you about Lewis Black-owned sponsor, Sugar Pop Creation, located in the city of St. Louis. They're offering things like sweets, custom games, and parties. 
Sweets like chocolate covered strawberries, pineapples, infused cakes, custom games like dominoes, checkers, chess, parties like girls night out, and ten point at Sugar Pop Creations. You can find her at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all under Sugar Pop Creations LLC. Sugar Pop Creations, I make everything pop. Here comes the brand new baby. 